this morning, uh, I don't know what kids we have. Maybe they're already downstairs, but you can head downstairs for Children's Chapel. I'm just going to kind of uh, tell you a little bit about our weekend. It was a good weekend. Uh, me, Ron, and Matt, Pat, arrived on Thursday. Got things set up and, and ready to go. And, and man, if you missed this year's uh, retreat, it's the first time in 13 years since we started the church that we've had a camping retreat. And uh, it, was, it was fun. And it was exciting. And uh, for me, it was it was different as for many years, you know, we'd always go uh, and have our conference with other men, 2,500, and um, head up towards the Cleveland area, spend the night in a hotel, be challenged and encouraged. But I want you to know that this weekend was really awesome. I know I'm tired, and uh, but it's part of life. And, I, you know, you say you're going to rest, but you really don't rest. But... I just I want to share some pictures with you just this morning. This is Tent City, and uh, it, it was really cool. We, we had fun, and uh, that was yesterday morning. Look at that cloud. Isn't that amazing? I mean, just the, the haze that came through here, some of the coolest tents ever. Back, can you go back one slide? Um, can you tell where the pastor's tent is? We call that the clergy castle, and... Uh, Matt Black with two T's. I want to thank you for providing an awesome area. And they all laughed at me. We had this plan, so we set up the front of it like a living room, you know, a little sitting area and a lamp and all that kind of stuff. And then the other side, I had my queen bed, and it was fun, and we just made jokes, and it was great. Uh, so I had the largest one, but if you'll notice, this little tent that's right here, that's Mike's and Mike Black. And you know what's so cool is that tent was on a cot. I just had more fun with all of the tents. Rom, we appreciated the RV, and uh, he stored all the stuff in there, housed a bunch of men, and the place smelt like it this morning. Uh, okay, we'll keep going. And uh, but, <laughs> and, uh, but it was so cool just to see the different tents. But that one had a cot, and the tent went over it. So as we continue to move forward, we kind of noticed, you know, a lot of the guys had the opportunity to rest. Now, for me... I didn't have the opportunity to rest, but as we move forward, here's us around the campfire. And, uh, but, you know, that was our first night out at the campfire. I had a great night of devotions and uh, just really enjoyed our time together. Uh, what a different setting. Had great food. The chef was amazing. He prepared some good. Did you guys like the food? You know better. I worked hard at that food. That's all I'm saying. So let's just stop for just a minute. Now, I'd, some of these guys got some rest. Now, wait a minute. It even gets better because, see, we had a lot of flies there. But it was okay. We didn't have to get those fly traps because we had men that were the fly traps. Well, and it gets better. There it is. Little did they realize why they were sound asleep in the middle of the day. And we're just laboring hard and slaving hard. They were sound asleep. And uh, so it was great. You can show a couple more there. Uh, you know, it, w it was just a great time. And the rain came down and, and just tore the place up. And uh, we laughed. And uh, I think, 
you know, some of us are feeling it today because when that storm came through, it broke one of our canopies, but uh, it's all right. And so as I told the guys, I said, this will go down in history. Uh, in this picture, you can tell Matt, my, my uh, I was falling here, but uh, <laughs> they had to put a tarp up there because my castle got uh, flooded. So they took care of me, but I appreciate it. It was it was fun. I told him, I said, it doesn't really matter if I was floating down through the campground. I just had a great time. You know, it's been a lot of years. And, uh, you know, I just want to say that, you know, camping and, and just being out there in the elements, just right there, that was something that, that I appreciate that I'll remember forever. Just getting to know the men in your church and sitting around and fellowshipping. And, and so it'll lead me up to this point here. You know, as a pastor, one of the things that I try to do as a community is bring people together and to encourage one another. That's truly what a church is about. It's about discipleship and edification. It's about bringing people together to understand the journey that each person goes through so they know somebody cares for them. And, you know, it's very difficult to go through life when it's just one person. But it's much easier when you have two people that's going through with you. And it's much easier when there's three people going through it with you. But isn't it great when you have a whole church that goes through it with you and when you have a great group of women and a great group of men that can journey with you and understand who you are and what you're going through and know that someone will pray because someone cares and that's truly what i enjoyed about this weekend and i just threw some pictures uh pastor luke's way this morning just so that you could see kind of the elements that we we were in and, and how enjoyable it was, uh, and, and again from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being with us. And so I'm just going to take, you know, a, a couple of the guys are going to come up here and just share what this weekend meant to them, and maybe encourage some of you guys take some time aside for yourself, ladies. If you want a godly man. They value the weekend you have at Indian Bear. Value the weekend that he has with the men of this church. You see, we're busy being busy about nothing. But what's great about being together with your church community is that you can encourage one another and be there for that person. And they need to know who that person is. Listen, and I'm not saying this in a bragging way. But I live a very, very, very busy life. And I had great pleasure and great joy. And I loved serving you guys. It is the highlight of my weekend. Because I not only am a pastor, but we have a cleaning company that is very, very demanding. And so when you have both of them and counseling and marrying and burying and, and doing some of the things that we do, that's what life's about. Take some time aside. Man, I just want to stress that to all of you. So, men, as you come up, please speak into the mic. Encourage, you know, those. Let, let some know. Maybe you're not very vocal at home with your spouse. and uh, But maybe you'll be a little bit more vocal here. But uh, I know just a few guys. So why don't you, if you're going to say something, just come right up here. Stand, you know, in line. And then, um, you know, take about... Uh, two and a half minutes and uh, just share with the church maybe what this weekend meant to you for the mic.
All right, well, um, what a turnout we had. We had um, a few new guys uh, that came, Matt, Mike, Black, and uh, um, Drew. Oh, Andy, too. That's my little fishing buddy. But uh, I really got, I really enjoyed um, getting to see the hearts of these men in our church. And just the diversity that we have with the group of um, families that we have here from all kinds of walks of life and just to put it all in a setting that you we wouldn't do normally you wouldn't get together with these guys not because you don't like them just because it's just you, you don't have time to get, get around to everybody and then when you see all these men sitting around and you hear their hearts and you hear what they're struggling with you hear where they've been and what they're going through now and um, where they want to go it's such a blessing to me and just learning a little bit more about the people you come to church with and just it, it almost gives you a sense of peace when you can look at somebody and not just say hey I want to pray for you and you just say you know dear Lord I want to pray for so and so and you just give a general prayer now I know a little bit about everybody that I can make my prayers a little bit more intimate and maybe a little bit more meaningful. Well, I uh, the word I said at the, the fire last night when we were kind of closing on the weekend was you guys are a breath of fresh air. I've had a rough week, rough couple months, and you know, just confessing to you guys, you know, my wife and I have been fighting, frustrated with each other, busy, letting letting things get to us. And being with these guys lifted me up. Um, just realizing that we all have struggles. The world's the world's a cruel place. It's tough. It's hard. And there are things that will get you down. I, I had just the most genuine conversations with each and every one of you. Conversations that I did not expect, I will treasure forever. I'm glad I went. I, I wish if you couldn't go, try going next year. It, it meant the world to me, and it blew me away. You, you, just, you just don't know what, what God will do for you and through the men that are part of this church just filled with the love of Christ to, to pour out to you encourage you so um, I, I really uh, out of out of everything I enjoyed our walk at Quail Drew and Luke you know I, I learned a lot about Drew through this weekend um, I love the name Henrik by the way so <laughs> I, I know Drew wasn't sold on it at first but um, and then, you know, just meeting you, Mike, was was great as well. Matt, you're you're a riot. I mean, the comic relief was great. So just four. So that's I'll, I'll cut myself off at that. So it was it was great, honestly.
Well, guys, if you came home hungry, it's your own fault. Four hamburgers. But um, what I had said last night at the campfire, I think a lot of times we get reputitious here. We come to church, shake our brother's hand, pat him on the back, see you next week. Come back to church next week. How you doing? Shake your hand, pat you on the back. See you next week. And you never really get to know who each other is. Get to know uh, about each other. And uh, that's the greatest thing about the weekend, just getting to know. Well, I'll tell you what. To see all the men that were there and the brotherhood and just the enjoyment. You know, I was telling them about some of the issues I was having with my family, and, and I probably discussed it with you guys before. It just, it's just hard. But, um, but with the guys that were there, they were encouraging. There was motivation. And I, from all those other... Uh, I tell you, the men, if you haven't been there, it's enjoyable and it's encouraging. And you really bring the brotherhood into each one of you. It just gets stronger and stronger. And uh, and, and, and the food was great. Is that good? Yeah. I mean, but uh, on that count, I wouldn't miss the next one. I, I encourage any of you guys to go. It was fun. Yeah, it was really a uh, a wonderful experience, and uh, like Ron said, I mean, you get to meet people and talk with them and learn their hearts and minds on a level that you don't really get to do on on the regular, you know, Sunday routine, and so it's just great to uh, to really meet people, you know, that you see routinely, but not get to experience them and and learn their hardships and. And really get to know them. So, I mean, for me, it was a great bonding experience and, you know, relationships uh, building and, and, and really, you know, moving things forward. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely go to the next one. It's great if you can go to it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just awesome to see these men who you wouldn't normally would think would be able to sit around and open up to each other but yet when we're around that fire pretty much everybody's fears went away about speaking and they could open up and they could be vulnerable and they could share their heart and I love in this in the Bible in the Old Testament in Exodus where Moses was holding up his arms and his arms got tired But yet, Aaron and Ur were there to hold him up. And now, us men, we know that we struggle with the same things. We know we have the same insecurities. We know we have the same faults. So we are now able to go to our brother when they are struggling. We are able to hold their arms up. 
so they can be victorious. And I encourage everybody here to just keep all these men in prayer. We made a commitment to pray for each other. But the more people praying, the more powerful it is. And as a church body, that's what we are called to do. We are called to love and encourage and pray for each other. Even if you don't know what they're going through, just a quick prayer for them goes a long way. I was the youngest of the group, and I thought it was very inspiring, and I had an amazing time. For me, it was an honor to spend the weekend with family, and I'm not just talking about Andy. It's all of you men. Before I cry, though, there's one thing I have to say. Contrary to popular belief, Mr. Ron Unk does not snore. (laughs) However, Sir Ron, three doors down in the trailer, you can hear him snore. But truly, it it was a true blessing. And I think that's the one thing, you know, I've been with, here with Pastor and this church nine, ten years now. And it is family. And there's nothing greater in this world. God, family, friends. And I have been truly, truly blessed by every individual in this room. And thank you. Thank you. Well, amen. All right. Not for me. I'm alive. Uh, Coming up with a challenge to encourage men. You guys hear me all the time. And sometimes I think as a pastor, I feel like, oh, here they go. They're hearing me again. But I wanted to to do something different this year that I've never done and to really expound upon where we as men feel insecure, where we feel weak and yet areas in our life where we feel strong. But where was that breakdown in our life? Where's the breakdown where you grow up and you're confident? You know, I mean, Andy had every little 13-year-old girl there falling at his feet, hanging out with him at the pool. And, uh, okay. <laughs> Grandpa says to him, that's because he's got the noosiest way. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but you know what? You gain, you gain confidence, and yet something in life, people tear you down. We lose faith. We lose hope. We lose who we are. We lose the person that God created us to be. Because of circumstances, because of situations, because of death, because of hurts, we lose that person and then we decide, you know what, I guess I'm going to throw it in. I tried it 
15 times. I tried it 20 times. And now I'm done. I'm not going to do it anymore. I, you know what? I thought this was my gifting. I thought this is who I was. But I'm here to tell all of you that even in Jeremiah 29, 11, when he says he knows, he has plans for you. He knows the will for your life. And each and every one of you have got to embrace that. And I know the men of God of this church, my encouragement was this week that, you know, putting all that aside, you know what, remember who you are and how God created you. Be that person. Who cares what the world has to say? Who, who cares what the world has to, uh, what they portray or, or, or what they demonstrate or how they persecute us or what they do? Be who God created you to be, putting aside all those insecurities. Listen, I was called to preach. And I told the man, I said, you know, for many, Drew said, Pastor, I didn't know that you get that nervous standing before people. Sure I do. I mean, these men that came up here last night, I got two guys, I think, that said, okay, I'll say something. And I just want to appreciate your courage of standing before people and speaking because you get up here and your mind goes blank. It does. It just, all of a sudden, something happens and it went somewhere that... You're like, what well, just happened? Can please something come back to me? We've been doing a series on bravery and being courageous. And it has been exciting for me because as I've been traveling through this message series, being brave and courageous means taking that strong stand and relying on God and forgetting who we are and our weaknesses and saying, God, I'm going to take that stand in you. And so... You know, as families, as Christians, as people, as we embrace our calling in life, be courageous. Spread the gospel. Tell people who he is. Be excited about what he's doing in and through your lives. So this morning, I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. And I want to say again, thank you to, to, to you men who came up here and just said, okay, this is what this meant to me. And you can get rid of the music. And, uh, but this message this morning is about a guy who, who gets to have the great privilege, the great honor to follow one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament a man that when we look at his life, he exhibited bravery. He exhibited strength and courage in a way that, that I have to tell you, and, and Pastor Luke made reference of this man up here, that I think it would have been difficult. In some ways, to take a stand and be courageous is difficult for all of us. And yet, Moses was called of God to do a great work. Can you imagine being the next one in line that God calls right after Moses' death? He uses a man by the name of Joshua, who then is the next prophet to lead the nation of Israel. A group of people that are always doubting who this... Who, who God was and who the Father was. 
Moses did a great job of leading the children of Israel through the Red Sea. And as we read this story, it was, it was awesome for me because I thought, wow, here's some strength and courage from a man who said, I could never follow in the footsteps of that man. So as I read this chapter, it's only 18 short verses. But you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the men of this church. People will not step up to the plate because they're afraid they can't do what God has pressed upon their heart. Really. Just do it. Take that step of faith. Just do it. Who would have ever thought, you know, we started the church on a deck and God provided a building and here we are 13 years later. God's still working in the lives of people. But it takes courage. When I had several people say, oh, he'll never make it. You'll never make it. No, I won't make it. And I'm thankful for my Savior Jesus Christ who gives me the strength and helps me to be courageous in my Christian life. It's hard to be brave. But God wants to use each and every one of us. Can you imagine having to fill the shoes of Moses? Taking the place of a man who could speak to God through a burning bush, cast down his rod and have it turn into a snake and then retrieve it and find it a rod again. Can you imagine being the predecessor of a man that could stretch out his rod and divide the Red Sea? A man that could bring water out of a rock when the people died from thirst. Not only that, but Joshua now finds himself the leader of a group of people known for murmuring, complaining, backsliding, and wishing they were back where they came from. But God now looks at Joshua and says, you the man. I don't think he really said it like that, but I just figured I'd, I would say that today. He looked at him and said, you are the man. Can you imagine Joshua? Me? After him? Can you imagine what the disciples thought? Me? After Jesus? Now, I'm to do the work that he did? And Jesus said, yes, because there's power, power, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus, now go make disciples. Wow. However, there's yet some things to accomplish. Moses had to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and through many precarious situations. But now there is the land of promise still to be claimed. Canaan, the inhabitants of the land still must be defeated and dislodged. How will Joshua manage to do this? What does Joshua need in order to fulfill this awesome task? The answer is that he needs and has the same thing as did Moses. The power to do such things that Moses did and to lead as he did are now upon Joshua. He has been ordained of God to do this and God will give him what he needs to fulfill This calling. In a moment we'll be reading in this chapter. God instructs Joshua three three times to do what? 
to be strong and to be courageous. Such an easy instruction. But how is he to be strong and courageous? Verse 1 of Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. From the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For you see, I added that in there, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or forsake you. I will not abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then... Will you prosper and succeed in all you do? This is my command. Be strong and be courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, Go through the camp <coughs> excuse me, and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He's given you this land, your wives, your children, and your livestock. May remain here in the land. Moses assigned you on the east side of the Jordan River. But your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest as he has given you rest. And until they, too, possess the land the Lord your God is giving them, only then may you return and settle here on the east side of the Jordan River and the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, assigned to you. Verse 16. They answered, Joshua, we will do whatever you command us, and we will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses. And may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your orders and does not obey your words and everything you command will be put to death. So be strong and courageous. So be strong. And courageous. So be strong and courageous. Let's ask the Lord to bless the next few minutes together. Father God, we love you and we thank you for your word. Father, today encourage all of us to be strong and courageous. Not to be proud. Not to brag. But Lord, realize the promises 
that you've given to all of us. And even in this text, Father, you even said that where Joshua's foot lands, that land is theirs. So, Father, thank you for the truths from the Old Testament. Thank you from the truths from your word. Bless your word today. Hide me behind the cross. Challenge all of us. In your name we pray. Amen. Adrian Rogers tells about the man who bragged that he had cut off the tail of a man-eating lion with his pocket knife. Asked why he hadn't cut off the lion's head, the man replied, someone had already done that. It's easy sometimes to be cocky and pretend to be brave. But what Joshua needed was true bravery and courage. God not only directs Joshua to be strong and courageous, but he dictates to him how to be so. To live the kind of life that God wants us to in the society that we live in. We too need courage. The way that Joshua did. Sometimes it's hard to be strong. Sometimes it's hard to be courageous. One summer evening... During a violent thunderstorm, a mother was tucking her small boy into bed. She was about to turn off the light when he asked with a tremor in his voice, Mommy, will you please sleep with me tonight? The mother smiled and gave him a reassuring hug. I can't, dear, she said. You know, I have to sleep with Daddy. A long silence was broken at last by a shaken little voice saying, That big sissy. So let's take a look. How Joshua could be strong and courageous. And how we too can be just as strong and courageous as well. I have four points this morning. They'll go quick. Stand on the promises. Standing on the promises. Sense the presence. Stay the path. And then start the process. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said, unto Moses. What an awesome promise. Though God's servant Moses is deceased, his plans and promises are still the same. He promised that you will be blessed. The God of Moses is the God of Joshua. He makes his promises. He keeps him. And if Joshua is to be strong and courageous, he must stand upon the promises of the word of God. If we are to accomplish what God calls us and instructs all of us to do, we as well must stand on the promises. The problem is many saints are sitting on the premises instead of standing on the promises. The problem is that many saints are sitting on the premises instead of standing on the promises. To be courageous means to do something that you're uncomfortable with. You've heard me say, to get to the end of yourself, you then get to the beginning of God. Well, flip it. In order to get to the beginning of God, you have to find a time and a place in your life to get to the end of yourself. Realizing who you are, what weaknesses you have. Number two, sense the presence. In verse five, it says this. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee 
I will not fail you nor forsake you. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you. I will not let you down. I will not forsake you. How can Joshua lead with confidence? How can he confront the battles that lie ahead? He can because the same God that was with Moses is now with him. A God that will not forsake and one that will not fail. Every place that the sole of his foot touched was to become their land. And every step that Joshua took, God, every step that Joshua took, God was with him. Today, if we are children of God, he has promised each and every one of us to never leave us. He has promised us that he'll never forsake us. He not only is with us, but aren't you thankful? He is in us. Number three, stay the path. Verse seven, only be thou strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. If Joshua is to be strong and courageous, he must stay the path. He must not turn. He must not compromise. He must not become distracted. He must not become detoured from what the will of God is for his life. He must stay the path that God set before him. Faithfulness is the key. Roy Blount, quoted by Karen Weininger in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Star Tribune, when Ralph Hoke was manager of the New York Yankees, baseball schedules were even amazing then, with double headers almost every week. Occasionally a player would get sick of the grind and approach Hoke. Is that how you say his name? Hoke, Hoke, who was a coach at the time, asking for permission to sit out a game. I know how you feel, the manager would say very cordially, sure, take the day off. But just do me a favor. You're in the starting lineup. Just play one inning. Then skip the rest of the game. The player would honor Hoke's request and almost invariably get caught up in the spirit of the game and play it out until the end. Do you hear what I'm saying? They would get caught up in the game and play it out to the very end. You see, God blesses our faithfulness. And sometimes we're going to get tired of the grind, feel like giving up, even feel like giving in. But we must stay the path until the end. You see, if we no longer stay faithful, then compromise leads to chaos. Distractions often lead to destruction. But faithfulness leads to fulfillment. Are we being faithful? Are we being faithful? Or is it possible that we've gotten off the path that God has called all of us to follow? Stay the path. Stay the path. You heard me say last week, when the Uganda choir was up here, I was moved within my spirit as I sat right down here and heard these kids' testimonies, heard them sing. There's times when I wanted to get off path. There's times I've wanted to quit. There's times I've wanted to get, give up. Say it's not worth it. 
But I don't know if you guys noticed, there was a little girl that stood right here. And her name is Vivian. And we are now, I wanted to adopt a son since I have all these girls in my house. But we ended up with another daughter. So we sponsor her. But as she was singing, all of a sudden I looked through, there was a, a you know, group of kids up here. As I tilted this way, her eyes were closed like this. And she was just singing. There's something beautiful about the name of Jesus. And at that time, the tears just started falling from her face. She just started crying. How many of you saw that? Did you remember seeing that last week? And before long, did you notice? She fell to her knees. All these other kids are up here. Listen, they had every opportunity in the world to put on a concert. They do it all the time. That's what they do. They did it Sunday night. We followed them down there Sunday night. Surprised the kids. It was awesome. Tad and Maria saw them as they traveled down to, to Mansfield for dinner. They saw the bus waving at them. And they're probably thinking, who are those crazy people on that motorcycle? And uh, they thought the same thing about us when we were, they were walking down the aisle for the Sunday night concert. Who are those crazy people there? But you see, there was more to that story. See, that little girl... It was her, her mom, and her little sister. And right before she came on tour in April, they found out about this little girl. Because she had woke up one night as she walked in where they only had like a two-room little tiny hut. Walked over to her dad, shook him to get him up, and he had committed suicide. So when that little girl was talking about the name of Jesus and understanding who Jesus is in her life. She was moved within her spirit because all kinds of things could have taken place and changed in her life. You know what I thought? She stayed on course. This little girl is now touring and she's singing. Do you think there's a part of loss in her heart? Missing her daddy? And as I sat there, not even knowing any of this, and when I walked out there and looked at Olivia and I said, I want to sponsor that little girl. You know, the one with the little, whatever you call those in her hair, ponytails, like 50 of them. I said, we want to sponsor that little girl. She goes, thank God. Listen to what happened to her right before we came on tour. So we get distracted. Things happen in our life. We lose our way. Things happen this week. We get distracted. We compromise. Don't lose your way. Please stay faithful. That little girl is the reason I'm staying faithful. That little girl is the reason I came up here amongst all those other little people that God touched all of our lives and said, we're starting a ministry, Souls for Uganda's Souls. So I ask you this. If your son or your daughter had an infestation of jiggers in their feet. And they cried out and said, Help me, Mom. Help me, Dad. I can't walk. Something's living in my feet. And listen, I've done so much research on it. You can't burn them out. You have to cut jiggers out of their feet. So a lot of adults and children live without their feet. Because of the infestation. 
As I looked it up, they're actually like the, the male flea does not embed within the flesh, but the female does, and she lays her eggs, and the larvas are what eat up the flesh. That's all I have to say. So if that doesn't move you to, to, to bring in a pair of shoes, and you know what? I'm going to share something at the end of my message here today that God's really spoke to me about. We're, we're going to move the United States of America, New Hope Akron. God has something for all of us if we'll stay on the path that he started 13 years ago. Last point, start the process. In verse 11, pass through the host and command the people saying, prepare you victuals. And within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God gives you to possess. What God had told Joshua would have been no good if he had not begun to assimilate this plan. In this verse, Joshua begins the process. The transfer of leadership has started to take place. Joshua believes what God has said and begins to demonstrate it. He begins his journey to bravery and to courage. He begins his journey to bravery and to courage. Next week, I will stop right there in this part of the message. But next week, I'll tell you exactly what he did and what God did in, in the life of the children of Israel. As they started to embark upon this journey, thousands and thousands of people believed what Joshua had to say because they believed in Moses, the one prophet that God had spoke to. Moses didn't let him down. Joshua wasn't going to let him down. And God started to do some great works in the life of Joshua and the children of Israel. So in closing, it is not enough to simply know the word of God. Do you sense his presence? Do you sense his presence? We must put it into action, what he tells us to do. Joshua now begins that process. He takes action. He begins the task of moving forward. He listened and he reacted. How about us? We've all heard the word of God. Sensed his presence. Felt his leading in our life. But are we still just sitting you're not doing anything what are we waiting for church let's get going let's not sit any longer there is ground to cover battles to be won jobs that are unfinished and the only way that can be done is if we become strong and courageous and do it Will you join me by being an individual of bravery? So I went home this past week, and I knew God had spoke to me just as clear as he spoke to me 13 years ago to start a church. I just tripped on these. You guys saw me trip going over here to this TV. You know why? Because these are new shoes. I saw them in my closet and I put them on. I'm like, they look comfortable. So I put them on. I guess I don't know how to walk in them. But why is it that I get to go to my closet and I get to look up and go, wow. Todd, you have quite a few shoes. 
one in every color, one to match all these outfits. But there's children, adults, that don't even have one pair of shoes. So this past week, as, as I talked to my wife, and I didn't really even get a chance to talk to the board, but I'm, I'm calling out to all of you, and I'm going to share something with you. And I briefly shared it with a couple of men this weekend. For years, we were the relay center for Operation Christmas Child. Man, we poured into that ministry. We brought in over 2,000 boxes every Christmas season. We were so diligent and committed, and we, we made it exciting as people came in, and cars would bring in 50 boxes, two boxes, one box, 20 boxes. It was exciting. We'd pack those boxes. We'd give them cookies. And, you know, they said, we love coming here. Your relay center's fun and the people are friendly. And, you know, last year when we stopped it, I just knew that in my heart it was time for us to stop after all those years. Now, let me give you a a correlation here. I know our church isn't a mega church. You don't have to have a mega church to fulfill what God calls you to do you need to be willing you need to be strong and courageous you need to be brave so i kind of wrestled within my spirit and i said god you're going to give me another task what do you think i am a robot i'm a human being he said i'm not giving it to you i'm giving it to you in the church todd i created new hope christian fellowship i created new hope akron for you to do something So when I stood up here last week and I said, God spoke to me, we're going to start collecting shoes for Uganda. We're going to start getting shoes to these children. That school that they come from has over 4,000 children. Did you guys all notice? I was checking out their shoes up here. They all had black shoes on, all the same tennis shoes. But they don't have, you know, the school is providing a lot of the the same privileges and benefits that we get to enjoy as Americans because we're supporting that. But for the families that that don't, it's very, very difficult. And so now I stand before all of you to say this, and this is very humbling for me, but it's very moving. I'm going to do something that I'm scared to death over, that I really can't even believe I'm going to even try to embark upon this journey. I didn't know a couple months ago when I started saying I was going to get an RV. I wanted to get a little motor home, and my wife was going, we're going to get what? I said, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to get an RV. Well, what are you going to do with that? I'm going to camp in it because my tent got wet this weekend. Now I have a real reason why I'm getting the RV. I can't. I don't even know what I can afford. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but God has really started impressing upon my heart. Todd, what about if you just traveled one weekend out of the month and you went to a church and you presented shoes for Uganda? Do you understand what New Hope Akron can do if we picked up 12 to 15 churches a year to give shoes to everybody? So Becky and I were drinking our coffee and we're sitting on the porch and she has... Her cup of coffee, I have my cup of coffee. And I said, 
did you understand what they said about the whole Oregon and the comparison of numbers and everything else? And we're like, yeah, well, I said, was that like 44 billion? She goes, no, Todd, I think it was a million. I said, oh, yeah, you're right. And uh, so the state of Oregon has 4 million people. Uganda has 41 billion, a million people. 4 million in Oregon, 44 million in Uganda. Do you see the ratio? So I was talking to, to Roni when we were, were down in Columbus, and I said, I have to ask you a question. Why do you wait until you're 40 years old to get married? And I actually thought he was joking. And here's what he said to me. He said, well, we wait till we're in our 30s because it takes our parents that long to come up with enough steer so that I can buy, they can buy my bride. I go, come on, you're joking. He said, no, Pastor Todd, I'm serious. My parents are getting ready to present my bride with four steer. I said, well, what's the industry? He goes, farming. We don't have anything. There isn't anything. Supply, demand. It's, it's, it's not prevalent there. We farm. We have nothing. Our water's terrible. I mean, you guys saw last week, worms in the water. All I know is this. When I looked at him, and, and if that's the difficulty just to get married and we have all the privileges in the world we can't walk by pay less to the clearance section and pick up a $2.95 pair of shoes because I sure can I don't God created us for something bigger and better I really do believe that and my goal this year Lord we're going to do this is 1,000 shoes I believe that we can collect 1,000 shoes. I don't know if I'm going to start, you know, jumping in, the, in my car in an RV and going to these churches, but I have enough pastor friends and enough people that can jump on board to help little people not have to run around and, not, and adults to be able to have at least some freedom and not have to feel. Do you know that you have to sleep with your shoes on because they will actually implant an egg in the soles of their feet while they sleep? Aren't we blessed? Aren't we grateful? So, I'm going to ask all of you to, to just pray about this with me. All I know is that it was me and a couple families. This family sitting over here. It's great to see Casey and Holly and, and Debbie. We were all on the deck together, wasn't it? We had 27 people. All of you were, were teenagers then. How many adults? Eight, maybe ten adults. But we went by faith. And that's all you do. And, and i got to tell you all something amazing. When I get to go on a camping trip with you men, and I feel so inadequate as a pastor, but I get to see how God's moving in your life and what He's doing, that moves me just to say, okay, God, here I am. I heard what you said. And I did it. So all I'm going to be is a Joshua. I'm going to do what he's called us to do. I'm going to stand on his promises. I'm going to continually sense the presence of the Holy Spirit and Almighty God. I'm going to stay the path that God called me when I was 15 years old. 
And now I'm going to start the process of making a difference, not just with people in the United States of America, but with the kids in Uganda and the families in Uganda, and we can do that together. There's a song that I played for the guys. And I'm going to play this song for you. And it talks about breaking the chains of our life. You know what hinders us from moving forward? Our lack of faith. Our lack of saying, we can do this. He said, Joshua, stop looking at Moses. You don't worry about it. You are filled with the Spirit. I will bless you because you're willing. You're faithful. Now it's time for you to lead. Now it's time for us to make a difference. Goodbye, Operation Christmas Child. Hello, souls for Uganda. We can do it, church. We can do it. And we will do it. Because I have faith in a God that doesn't just make idle, hey, would you go ahead and do this? No, he's serious about what he's called all of us to do. When you hear this song, and I told the guys this, as I was cleaning an account, I remember just that moment as I was at Allied. I'm in the kitchen, and that song talks about being an army and in the power of Jesus and in his name, that with an army, you can accomplish so much more. Yes, it's hard to stand alone. But it's easier to stand with somebody that's standing right next to you. It's arm in arm, hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder, fighting the good fight of the faith right along with you. And it's even better when you have an army that's fighting right along with you. Church, are you willing to go on this journey with me? Are you willing to go on this journey with my wife and I? I'll tell you this. I don't know how I'm going to get that RV, but God's going to provide it. I know that. God will do it. I'm not asking for some big thing. All I want is this little tiny box that will give me where I'm going, have a toilet and a bed in it, and I can do what I need to do. But I feel just as inadequate and insecure as many of you. Can I speak eloquently? Am I going to stutter? Am I going to pronunciate a word like I'm supposed to? I don't care because there is a need. There's a need. And I'll tell you how I knew God moved. Because by the time I got out, out here to the bottom of the steps, Leslie Youngs looked right, right at me and said, I will have that box ready to go. I will have the name on it. I'm standing with you, Pastor. And she's not even up here today to even hear that. Isn't that amazing? And when I looked down and saw this box today, I'm like, she wasn't kidding. She was right on that. She didn't. Mess. This did come from Leslie Young's, correct? Is that true? Okay. And so, thank you, because she didn't hand it to me. But I knew she said she was going to do this because she believes what God can do. So I want you to just stand with me. And, and I want this song, as we go in this time of reflection, where's your faith? Where's your courage? Where's your bravery? Would you go on this journey with me as a church, as a community, and let's, this year, ready? This is crazy, isn't it? This year, let's go by faith. 
Let's try to get 1,000 shoes. That's a lot of shoes. I love doing the impossible. And I'm wondering how I'm going to do this anyhow. But I know my God is mighty. He's powerful. And he can move. And you have more friends than I do. So you guys can get out there with your friends and your coworkers. And you could tell them, I need some souls for Jesus. Get it? Souls. There's your slogan. Go for it, church. So, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to the song. And if you move within your spirit, maybe it's not about us today. We're finishing up our men's weekend. We cleaned up today. We don't have to go back to Cuddy's. But, and I appreciate your patience to our guests today. But I want you to do this with me. We join me and my wife around this altar as we pray that God will move within all of us to do a work that we can't even believe we, we could even do ourselves. And then I'm going to call Pastor Moses, and I'm going to tell him, guess what we have for all of you? We have some souls for you. I've not said a word to him. I'm going by faith. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for you, God. And if you need Jesus Christ today, would you come to him? Man, he's the only one who will ever give you peace. Stay the course. Stay on target. Stay the path. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for... Lord, this weekend, thank you for these men. Thank you for, Father, your spirit among us, with us, in us. Help us, Father, to accomplish this task as we step out by faith, believing by faith that, God, you will provide. Father, break the chains of fear that encompass every single one of us. And in the name of Jesus, Father, the hurts and the pains that are in this room, Lord, I pray that you'll fill that void. And in the name of Jesus, the habits that are in this room, or the hang-ups, Father, Lord, release it right now in the name of Jesus. Father, with marriages today, if there's struggles in the name of Jesus, bring reconciliation. Father, if there's some that are struggling today with their health, in the name of Jesus, heal them today. And Father, in the name of Jesus, give us power to do a work that, Lord, seems impossible. But, Lord, you will make it possible. In your holy name we pray. Bless your church. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.